What's up, people? It's your boy, D-Raw, coming to you with another episode of The HSC. Uh, don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me, your boy, D-Raw, the connoisseur. Hey, I got Trey on the podcast again, people. Tell him what's up, Trey. What's up, y'all? No, I'm going by T-Walk, so it ain't <laughs> going to be just Trey all the time. <laughs> hey, now you got an introduction. You got an introductory name, bro. You know, you got to tell me. I don't know unless you tell me. So we got T Walk on here now, people. Uh, so today we're gonna talk about the Texans, 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 because we got a big game coming up. You know, Saturday night, prime time, uh, Texans and Colts, and then we're gonna roll off of that. We're gonna talk about the college football playoff, which is you know the the championship game is in Houston. And a lot more is going down in H-Town this weekend. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about the remaining things that happened around the city of Houston. Uh, Michael Brantley retiring. And then also we got to talk about some aliens. But uh, let's get into it. So, Houston, we, we beat the Tennessee Titans 26-3. Uh, C.J. Stroud returned, you know, and he played he played pretty good in my opinion. They're very poised. Uh, 24, 24 for 32, 213, one TD. Um, CJ came in, took control of the game. And honestly, like I said, I, I figured that the Texans probably would blow out the Titans in this game with CJ stepping in because he he's a different dynamic from the other two quarterbacks that we kept going back and forth about between yeah. Case Keenum and, and Davis Mills. But CJ... CJ just picked them apart, but not only that, the run game was strong again. Devin Singletary with uh, 16 carries, 80 yards as a leading rusher for the Texans. And we also did another good job at slowing down Derrick Henry with only his uh, 42 rushing yards as well overall. So the Texans cruised through the Titans. What did you take from the game, T-Walk? I take from the game that... Like I said, the difference is from the quarterbacks we was discussing on that CJ, he sees the whole field and he gets players open more than Mills and uh, Case, Keenum. Case Keenum. They don't see that. They don't see the field as quick as he do. He see everything. He know the plays. He know what, what what person's supposed to be there, and he can put the ball where it needs to be. And that was the difference in that game to put us where we need to be at to blow out the tight twenty six three. Yeah. Now, uh, looking at our receivers, you know, C.J. Stroud even hit multiple receivers as he usually does. But also, C.J. only took one sack, bro, which is a surprise and a good thing. You know, him coming off that concussion, they kept him, uh, they kept him safe. They kept him well protected. And hopefully they can do the same thing moving into the next week against the Colts. But just looking at that, you know, Nico, seven receptions. Robert Woods, four receptions. Brevin Jordan, two. Dalton Schultz, two. Those are the, the top four players that we're going to be really looking at going into the Colts game as well, you know, to make moves because we got some other receivers, but everybody that we expect to step up doesn't always step up. But sometimes some of our uh, receivers, they, they step out and they shine. But them four right there, I would say Jordan, Schultz, Woods, and Collins is the ones we're definitely going to need to move, you know, move ahead going into the playoffs to beat the Colts. Mm. Um, but with that being said, bro, you know, your boy Mechie, he got a reception. 
He had three targets, you know what I'm saying? I think, I'm going to say this. This upcoming game is another opportunity for Mitchie to get his feet wet <coughs> uh, against the Colts. But I don't think that he's going to be a, a real true factor in the Colts game. But is he can also he can make himself a factor with the targets he may get in the coast game, and I think at this point, Mechie, Mechie, bro, like I feel like he's getting given an opportunity. Whether it's two targets, three targets, or whatever, he got to catch the ball. I didn't see Mechie drop some some costly passes. I'm not even talking about the Jets game anymore because they was all dropping balls. But I didn't see Mechie standing in the end zone. I believe it was in this game. That was one game. Hey. He's right there, hey bro. Anybody could have caught that pass, bro. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. My, my my phone was tripping. I was watching it on my phone, and I couldn't see that. He, oh, your boy Messi, they caught a pass. He dropped a touchdown. He dropped the touchdown. I don't, no, I don't think it was that game. I don't think it was this game. I, I think it was the Jets game. You was talking about. Nah, nah, it was this game. He was in the end zone, like just he. I don't I don't remember the route. I think it was like a flag route or something. Messi came around, turned around. And the ball just hit him right in the chest, bro. Well, not every not every receiver made. I, I, a lot of receivers and drop balls. But like I said, like high receiving core is. Like I said, he just came back from leukemia and, and he missed almost two years of football. Didn't even get a chance to play his rookie season and get the get a chance to the speed. I, like you said, I don't really see him having a big factor in the coast game. But all it takes is one game to get you started, and he never really had that chance to really just say he got you no know, had touches and targets like that to say to get started. Which is okay. It's okay. It happens. It's in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And everything not gonna go the way you want it to go. But I just wanna see hopefully I can see more of him next year. It depends on how Texas plan on doing what they you know with the team and what going moving forward. Well, looking at the defensive side of the ball in that game, uh the Texans played pretty well. I know uh, John Gernard didn't play, but Will Anderson made his return as well. And he had two sacks in that game, and he was still kind of sore. But to see him go out there and get those two sacks, I am impressed with Will Anderson. I know you was knocking him a little bit, saying that he needed to get to the ball, get more sacks more and stuff like that. But uh, statistically, Will Anderson, bro, is on a tear for a rookie, especially a Texan rookie. I mean, you look at... uh, Will Anderson versus J.J. Watt rookie comparison. J.J. Watt played 16 games his rookie season, and he had five and a half sacks and 19 QB hits. Will Anderson has played 13 games so far this year, and he has seven sacks and 19 QB hits. So, so far, he's on par to be better than J.J. Watt. Well, he already surpassed him in the sacks. So, all the things that we talk about, pressures and things that Will Anderson does, it's there, bro. He get, he getting the sacks. He's he's hitting the QB. He's in the backfield. He's very active, and he's did it in less games. And for me, I only can see better things from Will Anderson. Like, you know, he's a DN, so he's not the he's not the nice shiny toy such as CJ. You know, and he's not getting the light because they both was drafted like back to back. But if Will Anderson was the only Texans pick in the first round, y'all be all over him. Y'all be licking y'all chops all over Will Anderson. That's a possible. That's a possible thing. Possible thing. I'm not saying that as as a real fact, but since you brought up the comparison with JJ Watt, one thing about JJ Watt, yeah, okay, he probably had what two sacks less as you, you know brought up, 
But the fact is, he made the whole team, whole defensive side better. Whole defensive side better. Definitely the whole defensive line because when we didn't have that pass rush, he brought on two double teams. Well, Anson don't bring on two double teams. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I might have to review some <laughs> film on that one. I don't know if he's bringing, you know, two double, you know, double teams back to back, anything like that. But I will say this. He's doing enough to help John Gennard get to the quarterback this season because John Gennard has what now? 10, 11 sacks on the season. So he's doing something that he hasn't done in his career. I mean, he has had uh, another year in his in his young career where he had like eight sacks or so, I think his rookie season or whatever. But he's been better, and I think a lot of that is because of Will Anderson and also just the other players on the D-line. I think a lot of people, the NFL period, looks over this Texan D-line because Sheldon Rankins, Shit, he forced a fumble and what, ran it back, you know what I'm saying? And he a D-tackle. And you don't expect that out of D-tackles. You you got Kirk Heinrich out there making plays. He had a half a sack. You know, everybody's really just kind of chipping in. And with that being said, bro, I really like what Christian Harris has been doing. Because to me at this point, I don't know what D'Amico did. He must have sat him down in a meeting room or something, bro, and really talked to that boy and, and got his mind right. But Christian Harris... Has been playing like a different kind of linebacker so far this year. He's been running around with his head on fire. And honestly, bro, I did not expect this out of Christian Harris at this point. Because at the beginning of the season, I'll be honest, bro, I was out on Christian Harris. He he couldn't cover, you know what I'm saying, in the past. And if anybody got him in open space, all he had to do was put one move on him. And, and he was lost, you know. But now I see him, he, he tracking the running backs well. He taking the right angles. And he in the backfield, he been disruptive. He doing a lot of things that I did not expect. And I'm really liking what Christian Harris is becoming, especially leading into the uh, the tail end of the season. You know, I think the biggest thing with our linebacker crew I see is they all moving their feet. They moving their feet. They're not looking flat-footed. They all being aware. When they see the ball, they're running to it and they're attacking. And that's why, that's why I think D'Amico Ryan bring to this team – for the defense and with these linebackers is that he keeping their feet moving and making sure they all run into the ball. And that's what the Texans used to lack at. I used to hate seeing one person make an attack and they just standing there watching. Mm -hmm. I hate seeing that. When you talk in football from middle school and to up to the college level to NFL pros, what they used to tell you, run to the ball, attack the ball. Don't watch some one person tackle, everybody gang getting tackled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can sometimes they make and cause injuries doing that but that's what the what's that's what's the risk of the game for that's the risk of the game have fun make money and win games yeah um so the dbs played well uh Derek stanley bro did not get targeted at all in that game zero targets throughout the whole game stingley actually had a little island you know against the titans now for whatever reason i don't know if they were just afraid to to try him because they did try him uh a couple of weeks prior, you know, in Nashville. But I think a lot of that also goes um, with with um, Tennessee's receiving court. They really don't have the receivers to be trying to target someone like Stingley. But I would say Stingley has turned uh, his career around, especially from this year. I mean, from last year going into this year. And he should be uh, pro bowling. And it's unfortunate, you know, with his statistics right now, in this season, I know he missed some games, and that that probably could play a big role in why he's not in the Pro Bowl. 
But even with him coming back, I think he should be up there in the honorable mentions of a Pro Bowl uh, corner or, or a replacement or some some type. You know what I'm saying? Stingley has been there. And then not only that, bro, like even C.J. Stroud got snubbed out of the Pro Bowl. They got him as a replacement, though, but he's not even, you know, one of the three starting quarterbacks of the AFC. Only Pro Bowler we got right now is Laramie Tunsil, you know. So what you mean they took him? He's out. So what? He's not a Pro Bowler. He's say. not a Pro Bowler. Yeah, that's, CJ, that's, that's CJ been snubbed. Uh, Petrie, I mean not Petrie, but Stingley been snubbed. You know. So, <clears throat> so who are the three quarterbacks? So, the three quarterbacks is Tua, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but, but I mean it's a okay, okay, okay. But to be honest, bro. CJ really got better stats than all three of them boys. Except, well, I ain't gonna say all three. Two of them. All two of them. And the only reason why Lamar is ahead of CJ right now probably is because CJ set out two games. And we'll have to, let's do some stat comparison. Tua has 4,451 yards passing. Um, CJ has 3,844 yards passing. Lamar Jackson has. 3,678 yards passing, and Patrick Mahomes has 4,183 yards passing. So, <clears throat> looking at that, I mean, CJ is kind of like right in the middle of the pack as far as yards passing. But then we, we slide over, we look at them TDs, though, you know what I'm saying? Uh, remember, CJ was out for two games. So, there's no telling where T, uh, CJ would have been had he had played the Titans in the first game and the, uh, the Browns. You know, if I'm looking what I'm looking at, I don't see CJ getting close to 30. In the past few games, maybe we would got he maybe would have got maybe four more touchdowns than you know probably four more touchdowns. So he'd probably be at 25 right now. But if you really look at the numbers of all these numbers we're looking at from all the quarterbacks, he's still leading the less interceptions. Exactly. So that's that, and that's the whole point. And CJ people is he got 21 to these five five interceptions. Uh, you you look at you look at that, bro. Nobody has less interceptions. That's a starting quarterback in the NFL than C.J. Stroud. You know what I'm saying? If you break that down, that means C.J. Stroud has one of the highest passing ratings in the NFL. Now they say you know they say Tua got a higher passing rating because he got more TDs in 28. He's 28 and 12, but 21 and five at this point. You know what I'm saying? You just can't beat that. Uh. You look at Lamar, who was supposed to be the MVP of the NFL. He only got 24 TDs and seven interceptions. Now, I don't know how many he got on the ground. I had to go look at that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what's really playing a role into him being MVP. But we're just talking about from a quarterback point of view, 21 and 5, 24 and 7. There's much. There's not a lot of difference in that, bro. And you think about it, CJ been out for two games. Lamar had been playing every game this year. You know what I'm saying? So, why is CJ not in the Pro Bowl discussion? You know, after you naming them three quarterbacks and looking at the numbers, you know, that's just, it was a tough choice. I ain't gonna lie, it's a, it was very, very tough if you only picking three quarterbacks for a Pro Bowl. Not saying that he shouldn't be in there because he really should, but when you're looking at these top quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, he's been playing pretty well. And you got Brock Purdy, 
who had a great season himself. Tua, we already know the reason why he already in the Pro Bowl because Tyreek Hill. But those quarter, them, them quarterbacks right there, you got Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he ain't had the best season this year for real, but he's still a solid, still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh -huh. So really, really it, and you got Jalen Hurts. Even Jalen Hurts is not, wasn't even that conversation. It's a lot of good top quarterbacks in AOC. So it was a, it was a tough choice. It was a tough choice. Now, but, now you know it's funny. So we, we when you mentioned Dak Prescott NFC quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys thirty two and eight. I honestly, bro, bro probably got the second highest quarterback rating that I see on this board right now besides Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is thirty one and eleven, but thirty two and eight. Man. 4,200 passing yards. That Prescott, really, to be honest, is your NFL MVP. If we just talking about quarterbacks. If okay. we, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't know what... I have to go look and see what Lamar Jackson is doing on the ground. You know, but quarterback, bro, just quarterbacking? 32-8. and eight. If that Prescott not one of your top five quarterbacks in NFL right now, you crazy. This year... You crazy? I'm giving that. I'm giving. I'm giving that. That that. I'm them, them giving them flowers to really CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Wow. Without CD Lamb, Dallas would not be this far what they're doing right now. Cause that man is really balling right now. CD Lamb is balling for them right now. So I'm. Yeah, I don't know. That Prescott. He's he doing the stand. He he has less turn through the ball less than he has probably in the past couple years. But CD Lamb right now is having his best year. And looking at looking really one of the top three receivers right now in the league, if you want to, say, if I want to say, yeah, okay, they a nice duo. They complement each other. I'm not no Cowboys for anything. I like I said, give them flowers where it's due. You know what I'm saying? I see what Dak doing, but guess what? All 32 uh, passes went going to CD Lamb for a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm doing is just saying, hey, hats off to Dak. Dak probably deserved to be in that that uh, MVP conversation when we're talking about quarterbacks. But uh, the jump back to Lamar, Lamar Jackson has ran five TDs in this year to add on to what he's 24. So he's responsible for, what, 29 TDs uh, this year for the Baltimore Ravens. Even then, I mean, those are special numbers, but it's to me, it's still on screen MVP. You know what I'm saying? I, and you have to break down all the other quarterbacks, and we can say that for another episode because it's really about the Texans. But, man... I'm just disappointed that C.J. Stroud not going to the Pro Bowl. And the only way he's going to get in the Pro Bowl is if either uh, Lamar Jackson go to the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, or Tua Tagalovia. And then he'll become a third stringer in the Pro Bowl. But with all that being said, people, it's all BS. Because C.J. Stroud going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey. I see, I, I see, I see it happening with the, with we keep D'Amico Ryan's and high team looking. I was gonna miss gonna be some reconstructing over the years. We're not gonna have the same team as we have this year, but we have a chance to be a Super Bowl contender. Not right now. It's early to say it, but with the quarterback we have and we keep him protected, ain't nobody can beat us. At I don't believe nobody will be able to beat us then. But right now, Lamar Jackson them doing their thing. This is their year. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason why he in the Pro Bowl conversation because he didn't beat some of the top teams that nobody didn't think they probably could beat, as in San Francisco and them. And I don't know, did they play Philadelphia? 
I think they did play Philly. Uh, the Ravens, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the reason why he probably in the yeah. That's the reason I mean, why he's you, up there. If you want to break it down like that, the Ravens have ran through a lot of the tougher teams of the NFL this year, and they've beaten them. Mm-hmm. They beat the 49ers. They dismantled the 49ers. They made Brock Purdy look like a real bad quarterback. You know what I'm saying? They beat the Eagles. Uh, they beat they beat the uh, they beat the Miami Dolphins. You know they tore them up, bro. So like some of the teams that everybody's like highly like drooling over and stuff, they got defeated by the Ravens. So I can see every reason for not only Lamar Jackson to be MVP, you know, in a running or be number one in a running, but also for the Ravens to be possibly favored to go to the Super Bowl because just the way they've been dismantling teams. You know, uh, you know, another thing I want to say on that Pro Bowl thing, I said it's it's. The AFC is very, it's, it's like the, the NFC back in 2010. Yeah. It, they tough. AFC is tough. And now all these quarterbacks, I feel like this year, in the next couple of years, making Pro Bowl, being a Pro Bowl is going to be real tough for the, for any quarterback. No matter how good they are and how good they playing, it's not going to probably just go off the stat line. It's going to go off the record, too. Because mm-hmm. just how looking at this whole AFC, everybody's winning. But it's, and it's tight just to make the playoffs. So, I feel like that's gonna be Pro Bowl. It's gonna be hard in general for the players to make it. it doesn't mean they won't be a great player. It just it's gonna be hard to just put your name as a Pro Bowler. Okay. Well, moving on from the Pro Bowl topic, getting into the the Texans and Colts game Saturday night prime time seven fifteen in Indy. Texans will be taking on the Colts, and the Colts are favored at home by one and a half uh, so far on the betting line, but. 85% of the people on Bleacher Report say they bet for Houston to win the game. You know what I'm saying? But the other 15% bets for Indy. So ESPN say something totally different. You know, everybody got their own mind, the way they think, and all that. But I'm going to tell you who's going to win the game. The Houston Texans going to win the game. And the reason why is because C.J. Stroud, Derek Stingley Jr., and that defensive line is going to step up against the Indianapolis Colts. And they're going to put Gardner Minshew into positions that he's not really successful at being in. Because we've seen Minshew plenty of times, not only in a coach uniform, but we've seen him in a Jags uniform and somebody else uniform. He's been having a better year this year overall. You know, statistically, we're looking at him. 3,100 yards, 15 TDs, 9 interceptions. But what of any of those statistics screen that he's going to be an A1 quarterback against the Houston Texans. None. So the biggest thing that's going to really play a factor in this Texans game, uh, you don't see the man on the page. He's not screaming at you, but it's Jonathan Taylor, the the coach uh, running back. Texans been doing good against run game uh, with their run defense so far this season. And I feel like that's a plus for us. What you got on the uh, Texans and Colts game, man? I like what you said about the run defense, how we've been playing good. The past two weeks been playing good in the run defense. Mm-hmm. Well, three. You know, obviously, you know, when Brown, we played the Browns, they beat us in the past game very fucking bad. Very disappointed how that happened. But uh, the big factor is we need to force them to run the ball. Uh, i seen how, uh, what's, what's his name, Michael Pittman Jr.? Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew threw the ball to this man. This man has a hundred receptions, hundred think hundred and four receptions this year with a thousand yards. That's 
30 less receptions than fucking Nico Collins. And Nico Collins have, they have about the same amount of yardage as receiving yards. Yeah. So we know Gardner Minshew's go-to target is Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, he's going to be his bailout target. I want to see Singley guard him the whole time. What I said when we had that conversation, when I texted you, I said, what happened to corners being a number one corner and just guarding the na- the number one receiver the whole I'm game? I'm going to be honest, bro. It, it ain't going to happen. It's just, and the only reason I say that is because, like, you got to look at the NFL corners, bro, and go back in time. Even, hell, I don't even remember Darrell Revis going side to side. They always picked. I remember Darrell Revis going he, side to side. He might have been one of the corners, one of the very Probably few. Probably the last one for real. Yeah, one of the very few. But. Overall, like these these top corners today in NFL, they have one side of the of the field, either left side or right side corner. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they idling gonna be at. And a lot of times when they that kind of cornerback that has a lot of respect, they gonna stay on that side because they want to keep their respect because they don't want nobody to find out. Oh man, if I move uh Stingley over on that left side, uh, we I, gonna cook him. I kind of caught that because I know some people had that feeling where I feel better on the right yeah. side than the left or, side. Or they be like, oh man, if I, if I uh. If I get Steven Nelson right there in that nickel back, oh, we're going to cook him. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of times these corners, bro, the ones that they know <clears throat> that's good in a zone or whatever on a certain side, they're going to stay on that side, and that's how the team's going to play. So, they're going to they gonna try to move Pittman around anyways away from Stingley because he's a strength. And if Pitt, if you got Stingley and Petrie on one side, they're going to try to move, move him to the side where they got Kareem Jackson, which is older legs. You know, still a hard hitter. He, still a hard hitter. Yeah, illegal hitter too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but Steven Nelson, you know, somebody that's been turning his career around at least this season. But I trust Steven Nelson. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen a play where Nelson really irritated me or made me mad. He's been making good plays this year. Desmond King been stepping up since he's been, you know, re-signed as a Texan. So I like what we got in our DB department. And I feel like, like you said, Bringing up Pittman was a good a good thing because he's going to target him. And at some point, he's going to throw a ball up there and the Texans are going to be able to make a turnover and we should, you know, get some points off of that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, everything is really going to lean on their running game. I think if we can force them to run the game, I mean, run, run the ball, it, it might kind of play into the coach's hands because that's what they do. They run the ball. And then they pass, and I think they're going to try to run and set up the play action to get the ball to Pittman. I want to I want to see oh, – I'm sorry. I want to see Houston be very disciplined this game because I know, I know what they're going to try to do. I know they're going to try to make us jump off sides, and we've been known already in the past to be too aggressive and not watching that snap count. Be, if they be disciplined, less, turn up, less, less penalties, we can win this game because I know they home Phillip advantage. They're going to try it. And I know as home, we're going to try to be the winners. We got to be disciplined and watch when that ball snaps. Mm-hmm. Watch when it snaps. And another thing I, I, I would like to see, like I had told D-Raw, is I want to see I, I want to see the defense not overguessing what they're trying to do. Because mm-hmm. you overguess it, you're going to overrun the play, you're going to mess up the coverage, and it's going to hurt us bad. That's the main things that we need to focus on defense. Less penalties, be disciplined. And not overthinking. Okay. So, me and you, we was looking at the um, the record, you know, for teams at home and teams away. Now, the, the Colts is only 4-4 four and four at home. Colts is, th- I mean, the Texans is 3-4 and four 
on the road. So that goes to say, for me, Texans got a damn good shot on the road against the uh, the Colts because they ain't really playing all that great ball at home. You know what I'm saying? And and I can, if I'm not mistaken, the teams we lost to like on the on in the road games was Baltimore, Atlanta, Carolina, Jets. And they wasn't bad games, so I feel like we have like like you said. I feel we have a good chance. And two of those teams never lost to, them, even though it was away. But like you said, I feel like Houston should win. It's not just because we used to fans, of course, yeah. but we know our team better than than anybody. And they also know that we have good shots winning this, so they know that they need to step up in yeah. order for them. Because right now, it's either it's win to go home for both teams. Yeah. And another thing I would say is. I like the Houston chances because they're playing indoors, perfect conditions, mm. things that they used to at home. Yep. Uh, and then it's you know it's Houston against it's Houston against the world, baby. And um, just to mention like some of the injuries, bro, that I'm really worried about. Drunk and I will not be playing because his ankle. Noah Brown will be out because uh his back. So we know we're missing them too. Everyone else is pretty. Pretty much questionable. Anderson, Rankins, Woods, Collins, Tunsil, Beck. But they're not out, so that means they're playing. And we look at the coach side. They're pretty much healthy. You know, they got some questionable players. And Quinn Nelson is questionable because his ankle. Zach Moss is questionable because of 4-1. But for the most part, it looks like the the, uh, the Colts are healthy. And they're going to be playing. So, it's going to be a good game. Um... Like we was mentioning, you know, statistically, just looking at the Colts, bro, um, they're 27th in points allowed. Um, also, they're 20th in passing yards, and they're 13th in rushing. You know, yards allowed, they're 24th. So, just those statistics, you know, kind of scream to me that the Texans got a shot. And you look at the Texans side of things, um, with 13th in points allowed, 7th in passing yards, 22nd in rushing yards. Rushing has really been improving uh, over the past three or four weeks, to be honest. You know, Singletary really has been looking like a feature back for the Texans. Let's say four weeks. Let's say four weeks. Okay, four weeks. So, Texans winning the game. What's the score you got? Uh, let's go. That's a good one. Oh, I see... I see both teams scoring at least 21. It's going to possibly happen, but if it don't, I see the score being 17-24, Houston 24, Colts 17, or I really see it. My second prediction would be Colts 20, Houston 27. I'm going to be honest, bro. I think the Texans go in there and they're going to actually blow these guys out. <laughs> you know what I'm That'd saying? That would be a great scene to um, see. I would say... Score is going to be mm, what well, we had, like 26 last week. I think we're going to be looking at about 28 to 10 Texans. 10. And if the Texans not winning that game, I think it's going to be the other way around, 28-10 Colts. I don't really see this being a close game, but it's crazy for me to say that because the Texans been playing in nothing but close games for the most part of the season. But uh, I like the Texans' chances. This is a different uh, Texan team than it was week two. It's a different Colts team than it was week two. But I really like the way 
CJ Stroud has came along and his Texan defense. I feel like, I feel like there was, uh, I'm sorry, Stingley, not Stingley, I'm sorry, I get those two mixed up. I'm trying to say Devin Singletary, I'm sorry. Devin Singletary will get a rushing touchdown. I see Dalton Schultz getting one. I see them trying to take out Nico Collins knowing we don't have Tank Dell. So I see Brevin Jordan somehow sneaking in there. They get him, give him a little play in because he's faster than Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. I see him getting a touchdown. And yeah, I I see like it can be twenty it could be twenty one seventeen for real. All right. I don't right. know what you mean by we just getting ten points. That's <laughs> like, hey, look, I'm hey. getting a little more than ten points. Hey, I I think I think Minshew can go out there and fuck it up. You know, but the one thing I, I last thing I wanna mention before we move on from the Texans is every time we face these mediocre quarterbacks or average quarterbacks we allow them to go out there and explode. But I think the one thing that's going to be different is that the Colts like to run the ball. So that they're going to try to use that to control the clock. Texans have been pretty good against the run. And when C.J. Stroud got the ball, he controls the clock very well. He's a very great uh, game manager. And for that reason, I think we're going to do well and we're going to beat the Colts. I feel like... Uh... I feel like, you know, you brought up, we go, we go as these mediocre quarterbacks. One thing that's different about this game is that we're familiar with this team. We played them before, and for the most part, during that game, we had more Minshew than we had, um, I forgot his name, it was Richardson. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're familiar, I'm pretty sure that we have a game plan to keep Minshew out. And I think that last game, we didn't ever get a chance, we didn't ever really put too much pressure on Minshew. The first game, mm-hmm. and that will have to they'll have to be a factor and not let him get comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. All right. So looking forward, bro, to the playoffs. I'm gonna be honest, man. If we lose this game, I'm gonna be disappointed. I'm probably gonna be hurt for about a couple weeks. I'm gonna be mad. You know, just. You know, I I probably won't be hurt. You know, I, I'll be disappointed. In the time being of the game, but overall, if we don't win, I will really be more impressed and happy how our season came because now I know in the team, and they would know what our next move would be in order for us to make the playoffs next season because we know what we did and we how we turned it around and the fourteen that did bad the past what four years, mm-hmm. and I'm very impressed on what we did we. We thought that we probably wouldn't probably win the more than seven to nine games, and really that was a, a, a kind of stretch for us. The fact that we made it to nine and That's seven, true. That's and so true. like I'll be I'll be happy that what we did, regardless we win or not. To be honest, I want us to go, of course, but I feel that next season will be twice as better. Yeah, I feel that. But I guess for me, bro, it's just like imagine she gave you a gift and then she took it away. You know what, what? I'm saying? She gave you the best thing. You can't, you can't, you can't. You know what I'm saying? She gave you the best thing. You can't put the woman in. That's totally different thing. That's that's how I see it. It's like it's just dangling right there. Like come and get it. You know what I mean? She just uh, too too slow. You know, like um, looking at some of these these other teams that's pushing for the playoffs real quick. You know, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens playing in the early game on Saturday at three thirty. Pittsburgh is also fighting for a playoff spot, and they could possibly get into the playoffs as well with the win and 
possibly with a coach's loss, you know, or however the case may be. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of tricky, but yeah, they're a team that's really pushing for the playoffs. And then you have, um, you have the Dolphins playing on Sunday night against the Bills. Bills are trying to actually get the second seed now. And it's crazy that I was talking about the Bills, I think like an episode or two ago. And uh, how they could possibly be that one team that could make that Super Bowl push. You know, they was on the outside looking in. Now they in the inside, far on the inside to the point. If they beat the Miami Dolphins uh, Sunday night, they'll have a second seed in the AFC. And that's crazy. That's so, crazy. Uh, between the Bills and Dolphins, who do you got in that game? And then tell me who you got in that Steelers and Ravens game. I'm gonna go with the Steelers and Ravens game first. Um, obviously, I see Baltimore winning this. They t- shutting down the Pittsburgh Steelers season, <clears throat> knocking them out. Baltimore on fire, but uh, but I also heard that supposedly they not may not play their starters for this game, mm-hmm. and for the fact that if the Steelers lose to Baltimore with backups, the very fucking problem <laughs> in their organization for that to happen. But if the Steelers not playing their starters, definitely Lamar Jackson for one, mm-hmm. I will go with Pittsburgh. For the Dolphins and Buffalo game, uh, it's a tough one. You know, it all depends on how well Tyreek is cooking them. And now you got J- Jalen Water that's going. That's another factor. But when it comes to Buffalo, I like Josh Allen, very physical quarterback, big, strong arm. He can run the ball inside too. He had last week. He had two rushing touchdowns. No, no rushing, no passing touchdown at all. Yeah, maybe one if I'm not mistaken. But his his ability to be able to run too as well. He's more mobile than Tua. Tua is really not that mobile quarterback. He'll probably run if he will. But hopefully, you know, he need to watch his health. So he need to be careful in order for them to win and try to make a playoff run. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm going to ride with the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. I think even if um, even if Lamar played in that game, I, I think the Steelers going to figure out a way to win. Mike Tumlin really need to add this win to his, you know, uh, his uh, left column of, of dubs. Uh, but even then, he's really guided this team to a winning season rather they make it or not. You know, that's another winning season for Mike Tumlin. I don't see them really letting him go. I know they got all this hoopla out there. But Mike Tomlin is a very successful coach, which keeps that, that sports program very successful for the past decade or more. You know, and then um, looking at the the Bills and Dolphins game, this is actually going to be a good game to watch on a Sunday night. I, I will say this. I felt like the Texans and the Indianapolis game was a little bit more important. But uh, that's just the bias in me. Um, I do think, I do think the Dolphins will pull it off at home because it's in Miami. If it was in Buffalo, in the frigid, cold tundra, I'm riding with Buffalo all the way. But since it's in uh, Miami, I, I think Miami kind of turned some things around as they need to get into their playoff push and start getting things right again, so they can try to make a run. And I'm gonna ride with the uh, the Dolphins in that one. So. That's the talk on the NFL. You know, it's some other teams, you know, that's pushing for spots um, throughout the NFL. The Cowboys probably could use a win because if they get their win, they probably could win a division. And if the Chiefs lose, you know, I'm not the Chiefs, the Eagles 
lose, um, then the Cowboys could take control of that division. The Cowboys get home field advantage, which they really need because they haven't been doing they haven't been doing good on the road. Um, and then the Eagles at the same time have not been playing well these last three or four weeks, you know. So both teams really need a win. Um, and I think those are the two teams in the NFC and the two teams, you know, in the uh, AFC that, you know, really need wins this week as well. So moving on from the, the NFL football talk, whoa, people, did y'all see the aliens in Miami? Uh. Or did y'all see Tyreek Hill house on fire? Yeah, I, I heard <laughs> about that. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't really read too much in that story, but how the hell? His son set his house on fire, bro, playing with matches or a lighter or something. That is crazy. You know, this is a funny story because when I was like four years old, my cousin from L.A., he had came down and me and my, my other cousin, we was uh, at my grandmother's house and my cousin from L.A., he had started playing with the uh, matches and shit. My grandma, she came in, she seen it. She's like, who was playing with the matches? And I was like, it wasn't me. You know, it wasn't me. She said, hey, let's do it, you know? And then my, my other two cousins, they're a little older than me. They was playing with them. So, man, just so happened, just because I was there, didn't, you know, didn't go tell grandma about it, anything like that. Bro, she got the switch. She told my ass up. She told they ass up. <laughs> And, bro, that was the worst whooping of my life, bro. Like, till this day, bro, I still remember getting my ass whooping, running in place, trying to avoid them damn switches from hitting my damn legs, bro. I, I got a little Arsenal story. I ain't going to tell you too much of my Arsenal story, but I, I remember uh, nice down Fondren, uh, one of my one of my, one of of my my best friends, we had found, like, a box of lighters by, like, one of the air units. Like, it was, like, a whole, literally a whole box of lighters. Yeah. So we got the lighters, you know, we busting them or whatever, and I kept one of them. And me just being a kid, doing the dumb shit, we ended up taking them out, taking the lighter. I was in the room with my mama, and she was in the bed. And, like, I'm, I'm literally in the room with her, and I'm just, I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember if I had some tissue in my hand or what. Well, I'm just, I'm just lighting it, and I, like, I had burnt the, burnt the carpet on the ground. <laughs> a big old little spot. So, yeah, like, I, I, that's, it's, a, it's, the, it's a thing, being a kid, being interested in little things like that. But the thing, as an adult, you got to watch what your kid's doing at all times. Yes. But yeah. that's crazy. That a million dollar house and you sitting on fire. Hopefully you got mm. insurance. Man. <laughs> hey, Tyreek Hill, here's the lesson, bro. I know you be having some other little trouble, you know, with the kids and all that kind of stuff, whatever the case may be. But the lesson in this is grab a belt and whoop his ass. <laughs> Whoop his ass, bro. He, he, be, he be on TikTok, be little streaming and shit, so he, he probably might come across this video maybe one day. Yeah. So, the Miami aliens, man, they got 8-foot, 10-foot aliens at, at the mall in Miami. I don't know what they got to do with these kids, these teenagers having a brawl. I don't understand it either. You know, but I just feel like I didn't see no aliens on on screen. I've been looking for them aliens, Googling them and shit. You know what I'm saying? I know, Trey, you, you believe in these, <laughs> these aliens and stuff. And you know what? There's no denying, bro. It probably is some aliens. I think if it is, though, I think they look like us. And we probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart, to be honest. 
You know, uh, when he brought this up to me, you know, I've been hearing talks about the alien thing for the past two years, and I come on TikTok, and that's more when I more get more information on the alien thing and the 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 UFOs we see in the sky. And I ain't gonna lie, sometimes during the nighttime when I be out or like I'm in the car or whatever, I look up at the sky sometimes just to see if I can catch something. But <laughs> you know, I I I, I really probably don't want to be that person to catch anything, to be honest. And, you know, when they bring up the size of these aliens, 8 to 10 foot, you know, and I thought about it earlier when you brought it up to me about the story. Now I'm just thinking about the 7 foot basketball players and shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, damn, they can be 8 to 10 foot. We got these 7 foot dudes out here in this world. Like, how you know they ain't been out here this long? <laughs> mixing, the, mixing DNA. And Man, that's, that's my point, bro. Like, I mean, they could be out here, but I think they're amongst us already. And you just really wouldn't be able to know. The difference, you know, if if anything was possible, hey, but okay, from that, bro, like I just don't understand what what does the brawl have to do with the aliens? And I think they just use the aliens as a cover up, unless unless, bro, the alien was what you say he was a shapeshifter and wow. he was doing stuff to people, and then. He was changing his face and shit, and it caused a brawl or something. I don't know. But you know like, what, what I asked, what I asked D. Raw earlier. I was like, you know, okay, I'm like, and I do, I do believe it's things out there that we don't see, and the government's pretty, you know, that's, you know, they hide things, which I don't understand why should hide things. Just let it come to light. If everything else now is starting to come to light with secrets nowadays, but besides all that, if it was an alien attack, why did nobody pull out their phones? Like, everybody pull out their phone for every little thing else. Yeah. So you tell me you couldn't pull out your phone while running to catch this figure? I know. If I'm home run, I'm, I'm going to try to catch it. That's yeah. my ability. Somehow, I'm going to try to catch it. But, like, if you tell me all those people at that mall and nobody stopped. Right. And to got to a point where they was in a safe place where they said they can zoom their cameraman and try to catch a photo. And I know it, maybe they probably might have been scared because it had been rumors and things I didn't seen about people having these videos and capturing what the government doing and now they're being shut up and some people might be being killed over it, things like that. And, you know, one thing I'm kind of going, I'm just going to go slight off topic on that one, is like, okay, like I said, maybe they have been here for a while because ain't no way that the technology we have is so advanced within the past, what, 60, 70 years to where they didn't have things 100 years ago. Now yeah. we just you know, bro. 100 years of, ahead of time. Like, it's I, I I know we I know we have a lot of smart people in the world, but it's some way it's somehow some way we're getting some technology that we should be yeah. having right now. You know, bro, I had I had asked my dad that one day. I was like, man, you know, it is kind of crazy how like human civilization has like got so advanced with technology in the last hundred years, but not even just hundred years, but the last twenty years. You that know what too. I'm saying? And like. Supposedly, I mean, they got all kind of dates that humans been here since this time, that time. And be honest, I mean, I don't know how long we've been here. But for us to be here 2,000 years ago and they was building certain stuff. And it's funny, like them pyramids in Egypt, these people today, these engineers and all these uh, different architects and stuff, they don't know how to design those pyramids, how they built it, you know, and how to replicate it and stuff like that to where... It looks like it does, you know, now or versus how it looked then or whatever. However, whatever I'm trying to say, they don't know how to build it now. So who built that shit? You know what I'm saying? And how did they build it? And it's not just pyramids in Egypt. It's pyramids all around the world. 
you know, every continent except, except what, uh, Antarctica. It's funny you brought up pyramids, and I didn't think about it like this until you said it. You say something about these big-ass pyramids that's being built, and we don't know how to, suppose they say how to build. I don't know. I haven't looked into that deep on it. But then when you, and I think about it, and I think about the buildings we build. It, take, it takes a year or so just to build a house. That's just a house. Yeah. And you think of, if you really think about it, if they build this pyramid, how long did it really take them to build a pyramid? Like 10 years, 100 years, five years? It like, took them a long time, bro, unless they <laughs> had some aliens helping them move like, them blocks, on, bro. Like, and have anybody, I don't know for a fact, I'm asking you, have you know of anybody that actually explored inside these pyramids? Yeah, they got they got people that explored. The people that explored, they died. They all died. Like the first group, at least the ones in Egypt, mm-hmm. they all died, bro. Like they all died from like weird like diseases and stuff. Or not only that, some of them just died suddenly. Like you can look it up. I mean, this a this a whole other episode for another time. But yeah, yeah just, yeah, just but like talk on. Yeah, it. just look it up, bro. But uh, we and we'll talk about it, you know, on another episode. Um, but. Man, interesting talk. Get back to the sports stuff, though, that everybody's here to uh, listen for. Michigan beat Alabama. Washington beat Texas. Michigan beat Alabama 27-20. I thought Alabama was going to meet Texas and all that kind of stuff. But, man, lo and behold, all that shit was the opposite. Um, Jalen Milrow, he didn't play well, to be honest. He didn't throw no touchdown passes. J.J. McCarthy, three TD passes. Uh, Michigan was getting it done through the air. Alabama was doing their you know, normal thing, getting it done on the ground, heavy sets and stuff like that. But overall, Michigan pulled through, got the victory. Who, 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 ha, whatever. <laughs> uh, so then we, you know, we waited on that next game. We was expecting that Texas would advance. And to be honest, bro, Michael Penix Jr., bro, was just a difference maker. 37-31. UT did have a chance in this game, though. Such Same as Alabama had a chance in the end of the game. But Jalen Milrow, I, I don't know what they call. He did a quarterback uh, quarterback run or whatever down the middle, got stuff. And then we look at this uh, Washington game where Washington basically took control of the game from the, from the start to the, to the finish, you know. Michael Penny Jr., 430 yards passing, two TDs. Um, one thing I'll say about this game, bro, and Michael Penny Jr., he was definitely the better quarterback between the two. You know what I'm saying? Um, Quinn Ewers, 24 for 43, 29 for 38 out of Michael Penny Jr., two TDs, 430 yards passing. Bro was a laser out there. He's he's a difference maker. Um, he's someone that I definitely see in a future NFL jersey. Uh, starting next season, don't know what team, but uh, I hope he ain't in our division, bro, because he's gonna be a problem in the NFL. I got a question since she sent about that. What you? What if? What if the Panthers end up just taking another number one quarterback? Another quarterback and taking him. Man, that you know what will be funny. That wouldn't be the f- the first time the Panthers did that because if you remember, like back in like 2010, 11 or something like that, they had took. Jimmy Clausen, and they had him. And Jimmy Clausen was uh, I'm not familiar with that. He was he name. was a, he was a good quarterback in college. He played for Notre Dame, and then after that, they had went ahead and got Cam Newton. We thought Jimmy Clausen was gonna be good. Turned out to be a total bust. No matter where he went, he was trash. 
Cam Newton came in and he turned that franchise I around. I probably wasn't familiar with his name because I never really probably watched <laughs> the Panthers like that other than. Oh, he wasn't nothing to watch. What's his name? Hey, man. be honest, you probably seen him and you you probably forgot him right away because exactly, he, so. <laughs> he wasn't good, bro. Um, but Michael Penny Jr., bro, he's going to be a special quarterback. I can see a couple teams getting him, but um, I don't think it will be uh, Chicago. I feel like Chicago kind of like where they at right now. They kind of turned their season around. Yeah, I believe Chicago find they finally find this thing, and I feel I, feel, I like what's now. I think he turned his game around. Yeah, and I, I always thought that he um, what's the name? Uh, Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I always felt that Fields was a special quarterback, just not in the right system, not with the right coaching. So I, I hope that they stick with him, give him another year to really prove himself. But Michael Penix Jr., bro, I think he's going to be the number one quarterback in this class. People, y'all can get at me later if y'all think I'm going to be wrong or if I am wrong. But I think he's going to be better than Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be better than Drake May. I think Michael Penny Jr. is the quarterback of the year. Um, and with that being said, <laughs> Michael Penny Jr. <clears throat> Michael Penny Jr. will take Washington to another level and get that dub against Michigan. Now, you know, they say that... Uh, Washington is favored. I mean, Michigan is favored against Washington. Uh, 74% of people riding with Michigan. I like what I've seen from Michigan, but, man, I just don't think they got an answer for Michael Penny Jr. Like, the dude, he can just hit you on a dime on the run. He can hit you on a dime in the pocket. Pressure on him. He don't, he don't care. It don't phase him. Like, I don't think it's the pressure that's going to get to I don't think it's the pressure that why they taking Michigan out because Michigan when they played against Alabama they didn't have too much pressure on the quarterback like that. Mm -hmm. Alabama just made mistakes on their own reason why they lost that game. But I feel like statistically they looking at more of this rushing game by Michigan. Cause that running back, he made plays for them to win against Alabama. Definitely over that overtime run. He 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 just, he shook the shit out the whole defense. Mm -hmm. But overall they team played well and they found a way to win that. Out and it took thirty what thirty eight attempts for Washington to win. Ain't no if he got taking that many attempts, he's gonna throw some picks in this game. He's gonna throw some picks. They got to depend know, on the passing bro. game. It's just gonna happen. If they run, they know, rushing, if they rushing like, game into par against Michigan, it ain't happening. I see why you ride with Michigan, but Michael Penix, man, and then let me not discredit. Uh, I don't want to get his last name wrong, but Odunze. Odunze, 87 receptions, 1,500 yards, 13 receptions. Bro got speed. Like, he just fast, bro, from start to finish. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro is on, on, another, on another level, bro. The whole Washington receiving court is like that, though. Like, we've seen it against Oregon twice. You know what I'm saying? Oregon got speed, too. But Washington, I don't know. Look at this running back from Michigan, 25 touchdowns. 1,100 rushing yards compared to this running back. 1,100 rushing yards. They ain't that far from each other. DJ got, what, 50 yards more than him. But touchdowns, you see who they riding on, who been riding who been riding, been riding, on their offense, that running back. That white boy, some cold, looking like, hey, hey, I, I could be going a little too far with that, but he's looking like, what's his name? A little, uh... Bro for the 49ers, uh, can't get his name. Uh, shit. Yeah, he's not. He's not half of what that he is. He ain't got the speed. Blake Corum, but he can he move. Good, he can move bro, his feet like him. He ain't got the speed, but he can move his feet like him. 
Okay, we're going to see, man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw my predictions out there. You know, it's college. They're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, I'm riding with the Washington Huskies, 31-24. You know, you got to ask me. You already know I'm already going to go with Michigan. Throw, right. throw a score out there. Throw a score out there? You said what, what was yours? 31-24, Washington. Mm, 34 21. 34-21. 34 okay. So 34-21 Michigan. 31-24 Washington. We're going to see, man. 6-30 Monday. Oh, and then the best part about it is that this game takes place in Houston. You know what I'm saying? For all us Houstonians. It's a lot for us to do this weekend. We got the uh the fan fest with uh um what's his name? Harlow and uh some other performances, bro. Um, but anyways, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a lot of rap artists and whatever musicians you, you know, want to say. It's going to be a party in Houston. Yeah, it's, it's going down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going down. Like but it, not man. only that, bro, you got the Rockets playing uh, Saturday night. They play the Bucks. Um, also, the Rockets is playing tonight. They're playing, um, I forgot they're playing tonight right now. But they, yeah. They're playing Timberwolves tonight. So they're playing the Timberwolves. Oh, man, we need to be watching that right now. We, we tripping. So... Rockets on the Wolves. Tomorrow, the Bucks. U of H play basketball. They open up the Big 12 uh, against West Virginia and basketball. And uh, then we got the Texans at 7 o'clock against the Colts. And then Monday, we got the NCAA football championship. So, Houston is popping right now. It's going down. Uh, the one last thing I want to talk about Houston is that our uh, very own Astros... Michael Brantley has decided to hang up his glove and his bat. He's retiring after 15 seasons. Um, Michael Brantley has been amazing for the Astros. He's been one of those players that I know when he get up on the mound at all times, he's definitely going to get us a hit nine times out of ten. He's a good hitter, a great contact hitter, rarely struck out, you know what I'm saying? He was always good to get a, a good RBI in the most important times. Um, love Michael Brantley in the Astros uniform. I know the last two seasons, he wasn't as healthy as we needed him to be. And he could have been a big help if he was, you know, healthy uh, last season for the Astros in the uh, postseason. But, hey, when he did show up for us in the postseason, he was there and he was recognized and love what he gave to the Astros organization. And hopefully... With that being said, the Astros go spend some money and go get somebody else to fill them shoes. Because we're going to need it moving forward in this baseball world of ours. Because the Dodgers are spending too much cash and the Rangers are in our division. And they spending too much cash and getting a lot of assets as well. So, hey, thank you people for listening to another episode of VHSC. Appreciate it. Keep uh, listening and keep sharing.